Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at all the new things Disney has introduced this fall during reopening to make you and your family's vacation more magical. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. And if you'd like to support the show, you can receive bonus content by subscribing at patreon.com slash Decipher. Also, if you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, let me be your travel agent at no cost to you. Get started today by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. Thanks, happy Hanukkah to all celebrating, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Decipher. So Disney World has been doing a lot of things in the fall. They've been adding things back. They've been adding in new offerings and things like that. So now here at the end of 2020, it's been enough news that has built up. You know, we've been trying to avoid news episodes, but they've kind of injected so many different new things into the parks. We thought we would cover that, especially for people who have trips happening in early 2021. You know, a lot of these things are going to affect your upcoming trips. So these are things that are new post reopening and a lot of them we think are going to stick around. So we thought it would be good to spend an episode talking about these. We've probably mentioned some of these in various episodes, but, you know, we're going to kind of specifically zero in on everything just to have it all in one place for you. So let's start with increased capacity. Uh, It was maybe a month ago, Bob Chapek said, uh, and took quite a few people by surprise, including Lentesta from Touring Plants, who said people had told him contrary to what Chapek said all the way up until the point that Chapek said it. But he said that capacity at Disney World has been increased up to 35%. What do you think about that change, Leslie? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we had seen the wait times creep up at the attractions that were open and, you know, but we certainly saw that there was demand even in the middle of this. I mean, I I certainly know from running a Disneyland Facebook group that people are flying cross country to Disney World to get their Disney fix. I mean, I think it makes sense to respond to that demand, but it certainly does make waits longer, choke points, you know, at different places. And I think there's been some maybe some critiques that there hasn't been enough opened up to justify that capacity at certain times like they need more restaurants they need more things to do that are not just rides but yeah so i have kind of mixed feelings about it i guess what about you yeah same i just read an article in the washington post today uh sent by listener sarah it was a pretty sad story about you know some of the people who had been laid off at disney so i do think opening things back up and how that might replenish jobs, you know, I think that's good. But then, of course, we're always balancing that against, you know, what's best for public health. And these are decisions that are above our pay grade and we don't understand. But we're just letting you know that Disney has done it. They've opened things up to 35%. It's funny because the day we're recording, December 13th, the last two weeks before this had been some of the lightest crowds since like September. You know, we had a listener, Mike K, who was at the parks and he was like yeah i rode peter pan like four times in a row and seven dwarfs mine train was like they said it was 60 minutes but it was only like 25 minutes and like he was having a grand old time at the parks uh this was the week right after thanksgiving with like very short wait times and stuff like that and i was like oh well maybe you know them increasing to 35 percent isn't that big a deal but then of course they increased to 35 percent and then today december 13th and yesterday december 12th the parks all hit capacity uh, they ran out of park pass reservations for those days and they started to turn people away so i guess it's still they still need to open up some uh, more things to kind of deal with this 
Yeah, and the holidays are going to be really telling. I mean, we'll we'll find out a lot more. We're recording this a little a little early, but folks, by the time this airs, people are going to see what crowds look like once school's out of session and people are taking their Christmas and New Year's breaks. Yeah, as of right now, there's still a few park pass reservations available. Well, anywhere except for Hollywood Studios for that week of Christmas, but it will be interesting to see how busy Christmas ends up being this year. Now, really quickly, there have been some surveys going out to guests about like basically asking them how they would feel if things went back to normal. Let's do a quick speculation, Leslie. You know, how normal do you think things will get in 2021, uh, given the vaccine and stuff like that? I'll start. I think by summer, capacity will be up to at least 50%, if not even more than that. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Disney's hoping that the summer will be something, you know, more closely resembling normal. And, you know, obviously a lot is going to depend on what happens the next couple of months with whether this vaccine is rolled out to everybody who wants it right now. So, yeah, I mean, I think August will be even more normal than that. Like more than 50% capacity is my guess. July is the question mark month for me. June, I think, is still going to be more like this transition period. I'm really curious to see when Disney is going to lift the mass requirement. So I think they will probably increase capacity a lot before they lift the mask requirement. And we'll have probably another summer of wearing masks in 98 degree heat and 98% humidity. Yikes. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I feel like they are not going to lift the mask requirement. I think that's probably going to be the last thing to go. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we had mask requirements all the way through 2021. Because if you just think of it from like a business sense, they can stay open with masks. And as more and more of the population gets vaccinated, masks do not really affect the number of people that can get into the parks, right? Like the social distancing in the queues, that affects it. You know, the number of people that they can put into a restaurant, that affects it. The number of park pass reservations, that affects it. But like asking their guests to wear masks, that is not something that is actually going to affect the number of people who go. Uh, We've seen that the demand is still there despite wearing masks. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what levers they end up pushing. But I think the mask one will be the last one. And Leslie, you and I have to think about, uh, we normally do an episode about when people should go on a given year. This will be kind of our biggest close our eyes and throw darts at a board year to do that uh, in January. But I would not be surprised if even if they open up capacity in the summer to 50, 75 percent, the crowd's still being low because masks will still exist because it's hot because summers have been low in general, you know, so we'll see how we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm not ready to make any crazy predictions yet, but we're going to have fun in the first couple of months of 2021 doing that, throwing those darts, I guess. Yes, yes. We'll we'll get to that. But uh, let's close out 2020 first. Uh, we should say here really quickly that like in terms of meeting that capacity, there have been a lot of restaurants opening up quick service, table service. So, you know, Disney is slowly reopening restaurants and uh, even stores and things like that to have space for this added capacity. And, you know, that's just something we expect to keep happening as things continue to reopen and you know it's not worth it for us to go through every single restaurant that has reopened but know that there are a lot more options now than there were even two to three months ago let's move to the next big change and i promise that's our only speculating type of change you know the rest we're just gonna 
tell you what you need to know uh, for your trip. So this is the big one, the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue change. We've touched on it a few times, but let's just do a quick reminder here because it's probably the most important thing if you're planning a trip to Disney World right now. So Leslie, tell us about this Rise of the Resistance virtual queue change. All right. Well, first on a personal note, I'm really grateful for this change because you and I wrote a blog post a long time ago, Joe, on my blog. We co-wrote it and it has single-handedly like saved my blog traffic for the last couple of couple of weeks because everybody wants to know about this change and the post is getting a lot of traffic. So, so appreciate that, Joe. I'm not sure if you even knew that. So I did um, not you know. know that. I did not know that. That's great. I hope you <laughs> updated it. <laughs> I did. I did. I updated it. Um, so That's the beauty of yeah. SEO. You know, you have it and then you can just update, you know, the old stuff and then you're good. Yes. As far as the actual change, the, the big change that's happened is when Disney World reopened, they had these different virtual queue time drops and people were getting, you know, to Hollywood Studios super, super early in the morning. And that was such a pain. And especially during COVID and, you know, caused transportation issues and crowding issues. So the change that Disney has made is that you can now book your spot in the virtual queue from anywhere you care to be, as long as you have a park pass reservation for or Hollywood Studios for that day. So that the drop is at 7 a.m. So you can do it from your hotel or if you live in the Orlando area, you could do it from home and people have reported to doing it from much farther away, I guess. But yeah, so you can do that 7 a.m. drop from your wherever you happen to be. And then there's another drop of virtual queue times that happens at 2 p.m. But you have to be physically within Hollywood Studios. You have to have scanned into the park for that drop to work. So you kind of get two bites at the apple and one you can do in your PJs. Future Joe here. Really quickly, Disney just announced that starting December 20th, the second drop will be at 1 p.m. So instead of 2 p.m., it will be 1 p.m. Back to past Joe and Leslie. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty huge, you know, and I think it's smart that they did that because, I mean, it wasn't like it was, you know, last year or this time, but crowds were gathering early at Hollywood Studios. A couple of practical things to note that are, I think, a product of this change. Number one, like you don't have to rope drop Hollywood Studios anymore if you don't want to. You know, you can, all you need to do is set your alarm for 6.55 a.m. and get in the virtual queue that way. But I think what that is doing, though, is it's spreading the crowds out a little more through Hollywood Studios throughout the day because in the past, everyone would get there early in the morning. There's not a lot to do at Hollywood Studios. So after two o'clock, people would mostly start heading out. And even if they got a drop at two o'clock for the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue. After they ride rise, rise, they had nothing left to do, so they would head out. So, you know, Hollywood Studios, like at four, five, six, seven o'clock, outside of like Slinky Dog and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, the lines were great because the park had mostly cleared out. However, now that people don't need to road drop anymore, the crowds are more evenly spread out. It's still better at the end of the day at Hollywood Studios, but you know, that's kind of one thing that you need to think about. No longer can you like roll in at two o'clock and do everything at Hollywood Studios uh, within four or five hours. The other practical thing I would note is remember that you can change your park pass reservation anytime before you actually get to the park that you're checking in for that day, which means if you try to get Rise of the Resistance at 7 a.m. and you don't get it and you have other days on your trip where you can try to get it, you're welcome to switch to another park and use your park day that way. So, you know, that's just something for you to think of there. Did you get that tip from my blog post, Joe? 
I did not get that tip from your blog post. But, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> I, I, I definitely should have. You know, great minds think alike. We know this. We know That's this. That's right. I mean, you we know, know we're going to think of the same hacks. Everybody else is talking about it, too. I'm just joking. True, true, so. true. All right. So the next big change that's happening is park hopping is coming back now. As of right now, as you're listening to this, if it's 2020, it hasn't happened yet. But if it's 2021, it has happened. So how is the new park hopping going to work at Disney World, Leslie? So you make your reservation for the first park that you plan to enter for the day. You have to actually enter. And then you can hop to any other park starting at 2 p.m. And that's what the status is right now. And as of right now, at least, you don't need a reservation to to park hop to the second park. But, you know, that is, of course, subject to capacity restrictions. I'm sure they're not going to let everybody flood into one park and get that park at, you know, 40 or 50 percent capacity. So, yeah, I mean, I think it gives some flexibility to folks and people should be aware that you know that 2 p.m that they think probably rise of the resistance but you won't be able to get the hollywood studios rise of the resistance second drop with that so you know you got to make the commitment to the park for the day if you want to ride rise but yeah i think it opens up a lot of uh flexibility especially if you want to go to epcot and eat for dinner i think that's a nice addition what do you think yeah i also think if crowds are like they were these last two weeks so like in low periods park hopping is going to be great because you can get so much done in half a day that you know you'll have time even with the shortened park hours to go to a different park i am predicting that within january we're going to see them kind of play around with this so the system might change a little bit i wouldn't be surprised if some parks open for park hopping at 1 p.m some open at three or whatever although maybe that's too confusing for guests so who knows? But I think it really seems like Disney is going to be like a let's try this out, see what happens, and then we'll go from there type of thing. But it's good to know that park hopping is back. You know, I, I know a lot of people are excited uh, for that feature to come back. And so, like I said, Disney's starting to pull the levers uh, to, you know, bring capacity back and get things back to whatever the new normal is going to be when things finally settle. A negative aspect of what the new normal is, and this is confirmed, is that Magic Bands will no longer be included with your hotel stay. So if you have a Disney World hotel stay starting on January 1st, 2021 or later, you will no longer get complimentary Magic Bands, or it's better to say included Magic Bands with the cost of your hotel stay. They are saying that you can get discounted ones, but I haven't seen any actual numbers yet. All this means is, you know, Leslie, we've complained for years about how we have piles and piles of Magic Bands. Well, now we can't lose them because otherwise we're going to have to invest in new Magic Bands. I know. And my husband was totally hounding me to throw out a big stash not long before this change was announced. And I was like, I'm just going to tuck them further back in the bedside table because <laughs> I like my collection. And now I am vindicated. So I feel really proud. <laughs> Hoarding pays off. Hoarding pays off. All right. So the next thing that's happening are these kind of mini fireworks shows that are going on with the Christmas wrapping of Cinderella's castle. What are these, Leslie? Can you explain them really quickly? Yeah, so every 15 minutes or so, they change the projections on the castle and then these little mini fireworks that accompany that change. So a little something in the absence of the big fireworks shows right now. And I had talked to Sam C. about this a little bit. I can't remember if it was in our Patreon episode or if it was in the main episode, but we were talking about how if people are sound sensitive it would be kind of not good for pop-up fireworks to happen. Well, 
just so you know, in case this applies to you, there are warnings five minutes before they're going to do it. So they do it like every 15 minutes, but you'll get a warning. So, you know, if your kid is sensitive to loud noises or things like that, or if you are sensitive to loud noises, they will warn you so that you can either duck into a ride or go where you need to go uh, if you need to avoid that. Now, the question is, I'm not sure, but, you know, these are Christmas-specific, holiday-specific fireworks right now, or mini fireworks. Do you think that they will try to continue to do something like this even in the new year once the holidays are over? Because I'm not sure how they would make it work because you can't wrap the castle in Christmas wrapping paper anymore. Yeah, good question. I don't know. I would kind of imagine that they might want to take a January and February break, depending upon... I mean, it costs a lot of money to run even just a couple of fireworks. So I don't know. I don't know. My my money is on they won't run it in January and February. And then we're going to get some more nighttime stuff coming as things improve as we approach spring. What do you think? Yeah, I think taking January and February off is a good call. And I think they will because we started seeing the harmonious barges getting rolled out in Epcot. So it looks like they're gearing up for that. So I wonder if they might see how things are going in January and February. And if it's not ready for actual nighttime spectaculars to come back, maybe they will come up with some small pop up things to happen for a couple months after that. But I bet it's going to be a wait and see mode. Maybe they don't even know what they're going to do yet. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised if there were no mini fireworks in 2021 or the beginning of 2021, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they come up with something else to keep on going there for a while, you know, because they could just take like two minutes of Happily Ever After and play two minutes at a time or something and just pop off some fireworks. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a lot more complicated than that. All right. I promise no speculation. I apologize. I apologize. Let's move on. Mobile order and takeout. We have talked about this multiple times, but it's just good in case you missed those episodes to point out that there's been a lot of expansion to mobile order, takeout, mobile queues. So just to go over these things really quickly, all the quick service restaurants, almost all of them are mobile order now. In fact, it is more rare to be able to go to an actual cashier to order than to order from your phone. Mobile order has also been expanded to table service restaurants. So you can take out food and take it to your hotel or take it to your car or wherever you want to eat it. So you can get mobile takeout from table service restaurants. That's been added as well. You know, you should check out Sam's episode, episode 145 for some more details. He had some good tips about, uh, you know, how he did that on his trip a month or two ago. And then finally, there's also a mobile queue like for waiting in line for a table service restaurant. So you can get onto that on your phone. So a lot of uh, mobile expansions and, oh, merchandise. They've started rolling out in the last week or two, being able to order merchandise via mobile as well. So we are speeding into the 21st century, Leslie, with all this mobile stuff. Totally. And it's way more convenient. I mean, I don't know about you, but I started doing a lot more things with apps and stuff on my phone. I mean, you and I are both pretty tech savvy to even start with, but I'm doing much more during the pandemic. And yeah, if it helps you dodge the lines and it's it seems like a great development that will stick around in the long term. Yeah, I, I read a touring plans post about how the merchandise mobile checkout was working at Mouse Gear and sounds great because how, how many minutes of my life have I waited in line at Mouse Gear? I don't know. I love it. I'm sure there are going to be technical issues, but I'm also sure that they'll probably be worked out by the time that you and I get there. So it'll be good. And it's good to see that Disney is adapting and, you know, making things not only safer, but also more convenient for guests, especially those who like to take advantage of stuff like this. Another big change. There are now like pop-up characters at hotels. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Leslie? 
Yeah, so it sounds like this is happening at most of the deluxe resorts. And there are these little, like, short character interactions, like showing up at the pool or maybe playing cornhole. <laughs> this is Yeah, sounds I saw really, that. Really I don't cute. believe that. I don't believe that, but I saw that. I don't think they're going to play cornhole with you. All right, let's just let's just say that <laughs> playing cornhole actually, with each other. I, actually, I could imagine them showing up. You know, some of these pool areas have like ping pong tables and stuff like that. I could imagine their friends, or I can't remember what the cast members are called, who handle the characters though. Like, I could imagine them forming a little perimeter, and then you can see like Chip and Dale playing ping pong or something. You know, I could I could see that. That sounds super charming. So, I mean, they're doing some of this at Alani too. These little characters, sort of from from different vantage points, and sh- showing up and popping up. And there's there's a lot of improv possibilities here. So, I'm glad they're doing that because that's definitely missing from the parks. Yeah, no one knows how to say yes and like uh, people dressed up in costume at Disney World. So, I'm sure it'll be great. It's mostly at the deluxes right now, but you know we'll see if it expands. But it's I think it's a pretty cool addition again it gives people more jobs and it keeps the guests happy so i think it's good to see all right two last ones very quickly the first is we have definitely talked about this many times but just so you know like disney has been trying to find ways to increase their capacity on actual attractions and so some of the ways they've been doing this is they've been adding plexiglass on vehicles like rise of the resistance and mickey and minnie's runaway railway those are two big ones where they added plexiglass so they could put more guests in per car or more parties in per car and so you know they've been doing things like this to increase capacity on these attractions it's just kind of something to bear in mind I think most people are all for getting more people through these rides so that the lines are shorter and also the overall experience of not having to like wait forever is better. But especially if you're like on Rise of the Resistance or something like that, if you're sitting with a piece of plexiglass in front of you, it's, it is going to obstruct your vision a little bit. So, you know, definitely something to bear in mind. Saved my favorite update for last, Leslie. The thing that I'm most excited about. Tell us, Leslie, what is the best thing that Disney has added this fall? I am so excited about it too, Joe. The walkway between the Grand Floridian and the Magic Kingdom is open. As a Disneyland person who loves walking distance... This is just game-changing for Walt Disney World. So you can now, of course, walk all the way from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom if you want to. That's probably like a 30-minute walk, I would guess. But, you know, from the Poly to the Grand Floridian and now the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom. So this this is game-changing for the Grand Flow, right? Yeah, definitely. And you know what? Like, if your kid is napping in a stroller at the end of the night, maybe you take that 30-minute walk back to the TTC instead of, like, loading them onto the ferry or having them crammed with a million people waiting for the monorail or whatever. So having that option, although I think it is a little uh, dicey sometimes, especially at night, to get between the poly and the TTC. Like, so make sure you either use GPS or, like, know where the walkway is. But other than that, I think that's great. And being able to walk from the Grand Flow to Magic Kingdom – That has really, like, I, the Grand Flow to me has always been like, I'm not super interested in staying there. It is on the resort loop, but I can't walk to the Magic Kingdom. There's no, like, real convenience there. Well, now I can walk to Magic Kingdom. And this fall is the first time I actually thought to myself, hmm, maybe I would want to stay at the Grand Floridian one day. So I think this is great. And, you know, I'm just super excited uh, to try it out myself, uh, even if I don't stay at the Grand Flow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this makes it more possible even just to pop over for food and then go back to the Magic Kingdom. I mean, I it's game changing to me. I th- always thought the Grand Flow was overpriced and under delivered. 
<laughs> so, you know, it's creeping up a little bit on my list. I mean, that's what I mean, has been so crazy about the last couple of years at Walt Disney World is like everything about what has been the best resorts to stay in has been flipped upside down, you know, adding the Skyliner, changing the transportation. I mean, that changes everything. Definitely. All right. So as you know, we always end in a Disney do or don't. So out of all these updates, Leslie, do you have a Disney do or don't for us? So this is going to surprise you, Joe, but my Disney don't right now, at least, is don't buy park hopper tickets because the price is pretty significant and it's not all the same benefits of park hopping that we you know, used to get under the old system, you know, park hours are still shorter and you can only park hop starting at 2 p.m. You can't get Rise of the Resistance virtual queue position. So, I mean, you know, of course, if the sky's the limit for your budget and this is a, you know, once in a lifetime vacation or whatever, or you just are a super fan and you want to do and see it all, then maybe it's in your budget. But I would wait and see how this works in practice the first couple of weeks before you commit to buying those tickets. And of course, you can always add it later. But if you buy it now and it turns out to be a big disaster come first few weeks of January, then, you know, you're not out the money. Yeah, I am surprised. I'm also surprised that I wouldn't say I go so far as saying that I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum, but the park hopper definitely seems more appealing to me now than it did before the pandemic. And I don't know if that's because I haven't spent any money at Disney World for like 10 months or something. And my brain has just broken. So I don't know what it is. But I think your Disney don't of don't buy it right now and wait and see. I, I think that's a perfect one, especially because you don't have to make park pass reservations. Why commit before you know you actually get there? So uh, great Disney do or don't. But yeah, my brain is broken, Leslie. What am I going to do? I think at this point in the pandemic and in the year, all of our brains are broken, Joe. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you for making feel, me feel better about that. We know that a lot of our listeners have been visiting the park. So, you know, if you have any thoughts on any of these updates or maybe we missed an update, something that Disney has added, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or you can connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Things are starting to, you know, open up again. So we are excited to see what's going on at Disney World. You know, we're feeling optimistic about 2021. So if you want to talk to us about that, feel free to contact us about that as well. All right. Thank you again for listening. And other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you waltzing down the Grand Flow walkway. Thanks, Jim. Bye.